Hello everyone, I'm back. Welcome back to Black and Blooming. I'm your host, Dahlia J. Don't forget to follow my show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified when I post new episodes. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Black and Blooming Pod. Again, that's Black and Blooming Pod. Um, you can find all of this information in the description and let's go ahead and get into it. So, if you haven't listened to my last episode, I kind of just gave you all a life update and talked about where I am as far as moving and um, just like life and how I've been feeling and dealing with friends and other topics that I've talked about. Um, So I will say this, unfortunately, um, we are coming to a close of season two of the podcast just because the year is coming to an end. A lot of things are happening. A lot of things are changing. So I kind of just wanted to put that out there. Um, this is not the last episode. You will more like more than likely get at least two more episodes out of me to like end off the year um, because I don't want to, you know, be on a hiatus or something like I I don't like uneven numbers basically. So I don't really want like to end the season with 11 episodes instead of 12 I know personal preference but that's what we're doing so you have at least two more episodes coming out of me Um, I'm hoping to record those within the next like one to two weeks because after I move the only thing that I want to worry about is editing and making the content for it before I go on my hiatus um, just to kind of like regroup and rebrand and do a lot of like behind the scenes stuff for the new year so with that being said let's actually get into today's episode we're going to be talking about black women and success and basically what kind of sparked this need to want to talk about this is not only the direction that I want to go with my podcast but I actually went to a women's summit this past week um Wednesday of this past week I went to a women's summit and I had no clue what to expect because it wasn't hmm, I guess you could say it wasn't a networking event which is for some reason what I originally thought it was but it wasn't um and so I kind of went and um I thought it was going to originally be a networking event but it wasn't it was more of like a women's summit basically there was like eight women Um, One of which was my mentor, Shelby, who um, basically went up and like shared their stories in like six minutes. And, um, you know, there was like cocktails and there was, you know, socializing and everything. And um, throughout the event, I felt I felt a little bit inspired, I will say. It wasn't as monumental. It wasn't quite as monumental as I would have wanted it to be. And I feel like that's going to kind of come in with the things that I talk about throughout this episode but I did feel a little inspired especially hearing you know different people's stories and like the challenges they that they went through and um just kind of like what leadership was to them because that was the theme for this year's summit was leadership and you know it just kind of made me realize that there was like a few negative things that came up I definitely want to continue going um to these types of events when I do move especially even more so because I know that there will be Um, more diversity, um, more like different kinds of people and things like that. So I definitely plan on continuing to go to these kinds of events um, after I move next year. Like that's kind of a goal of mine. But I did realize that a few negative things definitely came up 
Um, one of which is that I've never, I feel like I've always been afraid of leadership. And one of the things that they kind of talked about at the Women's Summit is that you have to declare yourself a, lead, a leader, you know, like it's not egotistical to, ooh, excuse me, it's not egotistical to like declare yourself a leader. A lot of people think that. And I feel like, you know, obviously there's some people who are just egotistical anyway, but that's not really, that doesn't apply to everyone. And I, it made me realize that I've always been waiting for someone else to tell me that like I was worthy of leadership or that I was worthy of this. And while to a certain extent you want to know that like you're well equipped and well trained to be like a leader in whatever capacity, waiting for someone to validate the fact that you have what it takes to be a leader instead of you just utilizing those skills you know as someone who's grown up pretty shy you know I've always been in situations where there were other girls who were just right off the bat they took leadership they you know they were considered bossy granted some people are bossy you know they just automatically always make themselves a leader things like that but I realized that I always kind of shrunk myself for other people and I didn't even if I knew what I was doing, even if I knew that I kind of knew more about the topic than they did, I kind of struck myself or I questioned myself if I was ever challenged about what I knew because, well, this person is more confident to be a leader or they were the ones who were made the leader, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that was something that I would definitely say came up and it kind of got me thinking about black women and success. And, you know, this wasn't specifically a black women's summit. It was like, I think there was probably maybe four of us there, actually, out of all the people that were there. But I feel like this sparked this kind of like thought process within me because times black women are afraid of success, I would say. I think a lot of us are afraid of success, to be quite honest, including myself, including a lot of people that I know. And I think that there's just a lot of things that come along with that as far as like cultural and the way that we were raised individually and whether we come from a family full of scholars or we are first gen you know like all of those different things play a role in it but I just definitely wanted to talk about like how black women do deserve success like we are deserving of it you know there's other people out here who are their own businesses or they're doing things in their life you know being able to, you know, pay off debts and buy houses, you know, and own things and whatnot, which is something that, you know, not a lot of black people can say, to be honest, like a lot of black people in America do not own things, do not have that kind of like equity. Um, so I, I, I just really wanted to like jump into this conversation and talk about how we do deserve success. And I think that a lot of us, a lot, a lot of us are afraid of it. The real reason why a lot of us are afraid of success or afraid to try new things or afraid to, you know, do something different is because we have a lot of fear behind it. Like it's very much rooted in fear. And I feel like all of the fears that we have surrounding it are very valid. I mean, number one, being judged by our community, you know, um, capitalism is a very, very controversial topic. Um, and I think that a way that a lot of black women see themselves being successful is indulging in capitalism, you know, 
starting their own businesses, making six figures, becoming a millionaire, becoming a billionaire, multiple streams of income, buying luxury items. And, you know, that's very, very controversial right now for numerous reasons because, you know, people are learning that capitalism affects communities of color the most and that we're the ones who suffer the most from it. And then, you know, there's always, always been this stigma in the black community especially where it's like oh if you make it out of the hood then like you're like the white man like you know it's always been this like negativeness associated with not wanting to stay or not wanting to have your kids stay in an unsafe neighborhood and things like that um and like moving to the suburbs and different things like that and I'm not going to get into that because that's not what this podcast is about but there are those things that kind of have hindered us from wanting to succeed because we feel bad well we left you know our family there or things like that or you know you're able to get your family out you're able to buy your grandma that house you're able to buy your mom that new car or whatever the case may be but you know you're still seeing other black people suffer or you know there are people who who are successful who have you know become super rich and they've really made impacts within the community within you know, communities and try to help, like, especially like where they came from, like donating different resources and things like that. And I feel like that's a great way to kind of be successful as a black person is to not kind of turn it into a, I just want to live like another, like, um, I just want to live like another rich person. You know what I mean? Like by actually like investing back into the community that you came from investing in other black communities like trying to make the world actively a better place um but I feel like that's a huge thing that black women are scared of when it comes to success is being judged for wanting nicer things being judged for wanting better for yourself and not kind of just being like stick it to the man the whole time you know which granted there's reason you know to feel that way but I don't think that it all has to be so negative. I think that we can find a positive and find change. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I have noticed and realized. And just, you know, seeing the way that some of my family members talk about, you know, different women who've become more successful or who changed over time, you know, like, I think one of the people was, who was it? I think it was, I don't remember who it was, but it was basically like a black actress from the 90s. So this is obviously someone that like, my you know family members grew up watching on tv they grew up seeing them and whatnot whatever the case may be and they you know back in the 90s it was a super big thing like we had I feel like we had way more like black television you know just black everything going on we we had a lot more of our stuff and I felt like it was I don't know I wish I I wish I would have been able to enjoy the 90s when it came to like black television and, and like all of that but um I remember, you know, this woman obviously was in her 20s in the 90s. And so now she's like in her 40s, 50s. So obviously her look has changed. She has more money because she's not straight out of the hood trying to make it. And I remember like my family members basically saying like, oh, she's not real anymore. Like, oh, she's just like, she's fake. Like, I don't like her. Like, you know, all these types of things. Mind you, this woman didn't do anything controversial, didn't mind, but there are non-black actors who they love to support who are super controversial who've done several things but they they don't talk about them and they still watch all their movies and support them but this black woman was being judged super harshly for it and 
um she hadn't done anything controversial she didn't do anything she, it's just she changed she she grew as a person she wasn't you know it's like okay yeah if you grew up in an inner city neighborhood or you grew up in a struggling black community or whatever the case may be or quote unquote the hood which is what not all black people come from the hood like that's just not a thing doesn't make you any less or any more black if you do um but just because she had been out of that environment for so long obviously she's going to change obviously her mannerisms are going to change the way she talks are going to change like that's just how that goes but she was but they were judging her hardcore for it and it's just like I feel like a lot of us as black women fear that I personally fear that you know like as someone who comes from the midwest like I've already started to see judgment for like oh you don't talk the same or blah 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 blah, or things like that and things like this and it's like no I don't because I moved over to the west when I was literally 15 like those are prime prepubescent those are prime like teen years like those are prime years of development of course whatever happened in those last three years of school and the past seven years is going to have a tremendous impact on who I am how I speak how I you know talk and even when I did live in the Midwest like I didn't fit into the persona like I just didn't I felt like I needed more I felt like I wanted more I felt like I just didn't belong there and I didn't I was destined for other things in life I'm not gonna say better because you know people are satisfied with the way that they live there I just personally was not satisfied with how things were and how we were living and all that stuff so I feel like that's a huge thing and I think that also these women are also black women who become successful are often seen as selfish or detached from reality now granted we do have some people out there who are very detached from reality you know you're not a tree you can move that's right that's right I don't support that but (laughs) I don't think that every black woman who becomes successful and who you know does better for herself does better for her family does better for her you know future kids or whoever her community I don't think that everybody's a sellout and I'm really tired of kind of hearing that narrative oh you went and did this for yourself therefore you're a sellout you forgot where you came from da 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 like no this black woman just wanted different for herself and I just feel like that's how it should be I don't think that they should be judged for it so I think that a lot comes along with that and I think that's a huge reason why you know we're just scared of being judged by our community and our family and friends and things like that you know I'm not to badger the point too much longer but I've just seen a lot of times where people are like oh yeah like once I became successful or once I like achieved what I wanted to achieve or became like to a certain point like they just wanted to do better for themselves you know even if it wasn't owning a business and making six figures a year it was just like simply changing themselves and wanting more like they lost a lot of friends people started acting funny with them people started judging them people started saying oh you change like you know this this that and the third so yeah I think a lot does come along with that and then not only the first thing is we have people of our own communities not supporting us or talking down on us or calling us sellouts we have the outside world who already does not like us y'all already does not like us you know I've been seeing this a lot on social media and I actually reposted this on the podcast Instagram if you all follow um this video basically where this where she kind of stitched this white woman's video where this white woman was talking about how when she first started out with like influencing and creating content she was like lowballing herself like hella tremendously and then this black woman is talking about how she's literally worked in agencies and seen how the only people who are picking these influencers are white people 
and they're picking influencers who they can relate to who shares the same background as them things like that and then meanwhile you have black creators who are creating content doing the same things if not better content than white creators and they're not receiving the same like success or they're not getting paid as much or they're not getting as reached out to as much and I just feel like it's so frustrating y'all because like algorithms literally work against us like they're designed to work against us and TikTok is a prime example of that you know it's really easy to blow up on well I'm not gonna say easy it's I feel like TikTok is one of the easiest platforms to get a lot of followers on and to blow up on because so many people see your content like I get the most views on TikTok but like hardly inter interact any interaction like nobody comments nobody shares um people barely like but it'll have like 1600 like views but 36 likes you know things like that and it's because the algorithm algorithms work against us like they're not pushing our content out they're not pushing out black women's content to people who actually want to see it because my content isn't meant for everyone but if my content isn't being pushed out to the right audience of course they're not going to interact with it they're not going to comment on it they're not going to like it they're just going to keep scrolling because they're like what I don't want to see this um and then people who literally follow the creators like will have problems seeing their content I, I know I follow a ton of creators who I never see their content and I literally have to like scroll through the following feed for like hours and hours or literally type in their name same with Instagram there's so many contents there's so many like content creators and brands that I follow that are like black owned and like more aligned with what I actually like want to see and what I actually want to support but I still see the same old mainstream brands like elf cosmetics and all this other stuff like I'm not seeing the content that I want to see and don't get me started on small content creators like it's that unacceptance of the outside world and then like I mentioned before being anything outside of hood is considered white and I just want to know like answer me answer me honestly why did black people put ourselves in that box why did we put ourselves in the box that the only way to be black is if you at first it was gotta have your hair straight you gotta come from the hood you have to talk this way you have to date these types of people you have to dress this certain way you have to have these interests and then for a while it was you had to wear your hair natural or you weren't black enough or you had to you know dress in Malcolm X shirts and things like that blah 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 and it's like and not only that, but literally that whole like hood stereotype caricature type for black people has literally turned into an aesthetic for other like races. And I just want to know like, why, why did we put ourselves into that box? And I feel like, you know, unacceptance from the outside world, like with being anything outside of hood is considered white. And then you know if you if you do fit into that mold because that is who you are then it's like oh you're not brand friendly or you know things like that and then there's already the algorithms working against you unless you literally you know unless you're like like people who live the same lifestyles as like your average like white content creator like that's pushed so much more um, versus someone who may not live in a high-rise apartment and has dishes from Walmart that are plastic. Mind you, we all have a good upgrade. I don't want to use Walmart dishes forever, but it's just like it would be more refreshing to see more more people like that 
and it would also be refreshing if more people wanted to see that but they don't (laughs) let's be honest they don't so I think that that's another fear that we have like not being accepted by the outside world on top of that like it's bad enough you know when your community is judging you but then the outside world telling you like you're not fitting into this stereotype of what black people should be so I'm gonna need you to move along you know and then I think another huge thing is like not having support from people we know you know like we have friends and family who won't promote the products or buy from us or you know tell other people about it you know mind you you have conversations with them they promote a stranger like oh my gosh I love this podcast that I listen to it's so great or I love this product the body butter is so great you know and you might have body butter that's just as good if not better but they have more loyalty more interest in this person who they've never met before and it it makes it hard because you feel like your friends and your family should be your biggest supporters but I think that what we need to come to terms with is first off some people are haters that's just as simple as that not now and I and I want to clarify not everybody who is not interested in your products or what you do or what you sell is a hater but there's always a hater lurking there's always a hater and I think that when it comes to those things and whatnot um you just have to be aware that some people are haters and then you also have to be aware that sometimes your friends and family just might not be interested in what you do you know if and I grant I granted I understand like them probably supporting in the beginning because they want to kind of you know get you out there get your awareness but it's like if your auntie doesn't wear body butters she's probably not going to consistently wear body butter from you you're probably not going to make a believer out of her um you know if your friends aren't into podcast they're probably not going to listen to yours they may listen to a couple episodes but if it's not something that they're like genuinely authentically interested in it's probably going to fall off or if they're just not interested in the topics that you talk about you know if they're more interested into people who talk about business or finance or things like that they may not want to listen to a podcast that's about cooking or something like that you know and I think that's just something that we have to accept and we have to understand that that's okay not everybody has to understand or be interested in what we do even if they are friends and family that is okay for them to not be interested in what you do but I think another disclaimer should be well when I start getting invited to stuff you're not the first person on the list you know I I just think that's fair (laughs) because how are you going to be invited to go with me to an event to something that you don't listen to or that you don't really understand the full capacity of you know um and I will talk about later how we can kind of combat this like when we feel like the people close to us aren't supportive um and I think that we also have to realize that to a certain extent it's not our job to make believers out of people it's not your job to make somebody believe in you it's your job to believe in yourself and you doing so and continuing to keep up with what you have going on and continuing to put yourself out there and connecting with other people and being open to learning that will show within itself but it's not your job to sit up there and be like I have to convince this person that my podcast is worthy of a listen I have to convince this person who completely doesn't like what I do or support me at all that they should support me you know it's your job to go to people and attract people who will already 
are already like interested in podcasts, who are already interested in cooking, who are already interested in body butters. It's your job to go and attract those people to you specifically. It's not your job to make believers out of people who aren't interested in the first place. What you do is you find a way to attract people who already like the things that you do to you specifically, like what makes you unique. And I'm not an expert on this, so please don't ask. Um, I'm still figuring out how to do this myself, but I think that's what we have to kind of do when it comes to not having the support from people we know. And then I think another huge thing that why a lot of us are scared of success or fearful of it is because the lack of resources and the lack of knowledge, you know. Of course, you're scared of something that you know nothing about. You're scared of being labeled. You're scared of making mistakes. You're scared of, you know, getting yourself into a ton of debt or failing and things like that. And and those are valid reasons. You know, black business owners often don't have the money for business coaches and access to private info, etc. You know, there are several people who you know, fresh out of college could start their business because not only do they have access to like business coaches and, you know, um, they had people willing to invest in them right off the bat, you know, they came from a family where everyone went to business school. And so growing up, they were learning all about it and things like that. Not every black person has those types of resources and has the money to do those things. And so I think that a lot of times that can be super discouraging um, in order to kind of try to make your business happen and to try to kind of start it because you're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have access to all these other resources that other people have. So, you know, I'm just not going to do it. Um, and then I feel like feeling like our products and content and whatever the case may be, isn't as good as someone else's. That comparison game will get you every single time. And I know it's hard. I know it's an, it's a human thing. It's a human thing. We're going to compare ourselves to other people. I think that telling yourself that you're not going to compare yourself to other people is setting yourself up for failure. Because at the end of the day, we live in the world of technology. We live in the world where we see highlight reels of everyone's life online. We, we even in person, like, you know, you meet other people who obviously they're only going to tell you the positive things in their life, especially if you don't know them very well, because that's their business you know and you're hearing about all these different things whether it's like in person or online that people are doing and making monumental moves and starting new things and so you may feel like your stuff isn't good enough and I'm here to tell you that who cares you know there's someone who will appreciate what you're doing and if you genuinely feel like your products aren't you know good enough to like sell to people or whatever the case may be then it's probably time for you to try to, you know, get some feedback, ask your friends, ask other people who are professionals in that field, get them to tell you like, hey, do you think that, you know, I could do better with this? Or how could I improve or things like that? You know, I know a lot of people love to give unsolicited opinions and feedback. But it's another thing when you go to people that you trust, who are going to genuinely tell you, how they feel, how you can improve, how you could do better. And I think once, you know, you have that feedback, then it'll be a lot better than just you just thinking to yourself and psyching yourself out being like, oh, my stuff isn't good enough. Like I shouldn't go and present it to other people. I shouldn't go and tell other people, you know, different things like that. Um, and being the first to do it, it's we have to teach ourselves pretty much everything. You know, you have to go to school for it. You have to do trial and error. You have to ask people for advice, professionals. But being the first to do it in your family or your friend group or your community or whoever, it's a 
it's a trial and error process the entire time. You have to try to figure out things. You have to be okay with making mistakes. You have to be okay with everything not being a success and learning that things are going to have to take time to grow. If it's going to be organic and it's going to be long lasting, it's going to take time. It's not going to be something that happens, you know, super quickly or super fast. Like you're going to have to put in that work and allow yourself to grow organically. And lastly, I just want to kind of give some advice and some things that I learned at the summit and some things that I've learned that I've Googled within the last couple of days because I just didn't know what to do differently. I didn't know what to do differently. I didn't know how to improve. And I just knew that I just, I was feeling frustrated. And the first thing that I would say is understand the bigger purpose of your business or whatever creative adventure that you have going on that you're trying to do. Is it to help others? Is it to make monumental change within your community within your family within yourself is it to you know purely to provide good products like is it just because you love making this you love having this passion and you just want to share it with people you know you really have to understand why you're doing it because if you're just doing it to do it of course it's not going to be successful there's no intent behind it there's no passion behind it if you're just doing it purely to do it it's not going to be successful. And I think when we're not seeing those numbers go up the way that we want to, we don't have the engagement, the numbers to monetize it, to bring in additional income, to, you know, do different things in our lives and our families and our communities. We have to keep reminding ourselves of why we're doing it. We have to do that because if you don't know why you're doing it, it's not going to last. It's not going to go well. It's not going to succeed because you're just doing it to do it. Um, And you also have to be understanding that your business, your creative venture, your vision is important and it's worthy of support. Even if that support doesn't come from who you believe it should come from, you have to be confident in the fact that what you're trying to do is important. And it's just, it's it's what you want to do. And so therefore, if people can't support it, then cool, you give less time and energy to them and you focus more on the people um, who are willing to help you and who are willing to be supportive in what you're doing. And I think that another huge thing that I learned this past week is build your community. You know, we need to be way more versatile with building our communities and realizing that it's not us. It's not just us. There are other people who are going through similar things who are trying to do this and we need to actually talk to them, not just admire them from afar like we need to actually be engaging in conversations and discussions about how to do better how we can support one another like we need to actually be having those conversations so whether that's there's tons of different like online resources and groups you know there's Facebook groups there's Patreon there's like so many different avenues that you can go to like try to meet people and 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 join people and whatever the case may be there's online forums you know some of them a lot of them are free some of them you do have to pay for because there's like exclusive access and resources but for the most part it's really good you know it's really good for you to have that and so it's like Join those free things if you can't afford to pay for something. Join what's free. There's All you have to do is literally look up entrepreneurs in whatever city you live in or, um, you know, whatever the case may be or something specific to your industry and there's most likely a Facebook group that's already dedicated to it and all you have to do is join. Um, And connect with people in those groups in real life. Like, 
look up different organizations and groups and stuff in your city. Like I guarantee you, depending on where you live, side note, you might have to drive a little bit if you live in a small town. But if you live in like a city or something, there's nine times out of 10, there's some sort of organization that's already around who supports small businesses or who supports whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And they probably meet like once a month or something. They probably host some sort of like breakfast or luncheon or do summits or whatever the case may be. You just have to look. Ask around, look, Google, go on Instagram, go on Facebook. Like I guarantee you that there is something that exists that you can probably go to and, you know, gain that extra support and connect with people who are in real life. Like this is the community that's going to support you, that's going to support your business adventures, that's going to actually promote you and what you do. This is the community that's going to do that. And don't be afraid to message local creatives on Instagram and meet up and chat. Honestly, that's how I met my mentor. Um, someone literally sent me her Instagram page and I messaged her and I was like, Hey, and you know, obviously I'm on my Instagram page. So she could see that I was a real person. I was an actual, you know, person living my life. And I was like, Hey, like, you know, this is my name. Like this is what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to meet with like more like creatives da, 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 da. and she was down to meet up. Now, some people may not be down to meet up, but a lot of people are and meet them in a public space, you know, be safe. And you will find that you could find yourself a completely new friend who not only will support you and your business ventures but who will connect you to other people that you never even knew about that you never even knew existed so I would definitely say you know do that and attend online presentations workshops um, as well as like I said before like in-person events because don't limit yourself to just meeting people who are in your city you know try to meet people online you never know like you may meet somebody in Dallas and then next thing you know, next month you're going on, you're going to Dallas for vacation or a business trip or whatever the case may be. And that's the perfect time for you to meet them in person. So you're like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Did you want to meet up for coffee? And you not only have connections within your city, within your community, but all over. And the same thing goes with like messaging creatives on Instagram. That's a great way to make a friend in another city, in another state, maybe even in another country. You never know. And I would also say invest in yourself. Apply for small business grants. They're all over Google. You know, if you're really serious about it and you have some data and things to back it up, go for it. So, you know, really apply for those things. There's tons of different things out there that you can apply for. Um, In the future, I would like to put together kind of like a guide. So that way it's easier for people to find the resources. But for now, definitely Google. And I think another thing that a lot of us as black women need to kind of let go of is that whole superwoman mentality. It's okay to ask for help. You need to ask for help. You cannot do everything yourself. You don't have to and you shouldn't. And I'm guilty of this. I'm just like, I want to do the social media and all this other stuff. I don't want to ask for help. I'll just Google. I'll just watch an online course. No, it's okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for other people's advice. It's okay to ask for mentorship. It's okay to pay for someone to do something for you. It's not our job to know every single. That is why there are other people on this earth who have different skills and abilities than we do because it is not our job to do everything. You, it's not your job to be accountant, graphic designer, product maker, you know, all these different positions. Like maybe when you're starting out, you have to play those roles, but it's still okay for you to ask for help. And if you have the funds, meet with a business coach, hire an accountant, 
Hire someone to do the marketing. Hire someone to do the social media. Granted, they don't have to do, if you can't afford it for them to take it over completely, hire them to just help out with it. Let's say, you know, you put together the post or whatever the case may be, or and they schedule them in and they come up with the captions and things like that. Or, you know, there's certain graphics you can't make, so you outsource for graphics. There's tons of websites where you can hire like freelancers and things like that to do these things for you. And that's what you should do. If you can afford it, do it because you cannot do everything yourself and you shouldn't have to. And I would definitely say pay for resources that will help with growth in the long run. I am guilty of being cheap. I'm so sorry. Like granted, I don't make a lot of money, but it's like if I'm willing to pay $60 for a dinner be just because it's, you know, a fancy dinner or whatever and I'm passionate about my business, I think I should be willing to pay $60 for some sort of annual membership to, you know, be able to add my podcast or to have resources or things like that. So we really have to take those things in consideration and understand that how can other people invest in us if we don't invest in ourselves? We need to invest in ourselves. We need to invest in our craft responsibly, but it needs to happen. And honestly, support other creatives. It's not all about you, 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 you. Now, I have met, I have not met anyone who's like this yet, thankfully. But you know those people who you meet and all they do is talk about their business and what they're doing the entire time and they don't ask about yours. They don't ask if they can follow yours or, you know, you follow them, you comment on their stuff and they never, you know, follow or comment on, you know, your things. (sighs) Don't be that person. Support other creatives. Buy from other small businesses or who aligns with your values. It doesn't really make sense for you to be buying, you know, small soaps, you know, you to be selling, you know, items and products, but you yourself don't support other small businesses. Like, the math isn't quite mathing there. So please do so. And comment and like their posts. Comment and like their content. Reshare it. You know, show that you care. Show that you're not just doing it so that way they'll go take a look at your page and comment back, you know. Actually show that you care what they're talking about, that you care what the content of their message is, that you actually support them thoroughly because you're like, wow, what they're doing is so dope. Like, I really care about what they're talking about, the message message that they're trying to portray, the, you know, the content they produce. Really go and show that. Um, And... Yeah, so that's like kind of my thing. And because of that, I have actually created a Black-owned holiday gift guide. It's predominantly Black women-owned. Um, one of the brands in there is owned by a couple, um, a married couple. It's a man and his wife. Um, so I can't technically consider that Black women-owned because a Black man also owns co-owns it. But I created a gift guide because I personally love shopping for black owned brands whenever I'm buying a present for someone if I'm ordering it online nine times out of ten I'm a very sentimental person and I feel like the gifts that they send are so personalizable so sentimental so like they just speak to us and like black culture because you know um I love I love like sending my friends like black black owned things and whatnot it's like I literally have two friends right now who I have three different carts ready to go for their gifts for like birthday slash Christmas and they're all black owned businesses so I have put together a guide which I will link in the description um it's available to view on Instagram so there were some brands that I could not include in there unfortunately because they didn't have products listed on Instagram I will go ahead and give them a shout out here on the podcast 
So the two brands that I could not include in the black owned holiday gift guide was She's It Lifestyle. So I will link her below. She has an Etsy shop. First of all, let me just say this. Let me just say this. I bought a planner from her earlier this year and I absolutely love the hell out of this thing. Like I love it so much. It and I, I like got it with my name on it and people tell me that the girl looks like me. I don't really think she does. I think they're just stereotyping because I wear my hair in a puff a lot but <laughs> I really like the product and it's very personalizable. It's super cute. It had pretty much everything in it that I wanted. It was like really well built out and her planners for this year are even more dope and I will be getting another one and I even gifted one of the planners um, from her brand to my friend um, as kind of like her early like Christmas present earlier this year in January. So I will be linking her stuff below in the description because I really liked it. Um, but she's on Etsy, so she doesn't have her products available on Instagram. And then um, the other brand is Destiny Darcel. So um, she's on Instagram. I will try to link not only her Instagram, but her website below. And she sells like her artwork and she also sells it on like journals and stuff. It is so cute, y'all. I want one so bad. It is so cute. I'm going to um like buy a couple this year and send them out to gifts. So I'm not as gifts, so I'm not keeping any of them. But her stuff is so cute. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I will definitely be investing. So um, if you want those brands, I would definitely say check out the description box. I will definitely have all of their information within there. And then I will also have the Black Owned Holiday Gift Guide linked as well because I support black businesses. So I also want this to kind of be a growing thing um, over the course of the next month. So if you believe that I could add more or there's like black owned brands that you know of, um, that you would like me to feature or shout out. So if you would like them to go on the gift guide, please make sure that they have a um, Instagram like product uh, Instagram shop because I cannot con include them on there if they do not. Um, if that is the case, you can DM the podcast on Instagram at Black and Blooming Pod, or you can email the podcast with their submissions at Black and Blooming Pod at gmail.com. If they do not, and you would still like for me to give them a shout out, please email them to me um, via, again, you can still DM me on the podcast Instagram, or you can email me um, their information, a link to their website, you know, and I'll check them out and I will shout them out in my next episode. So we have two more episodes before the year ends. So please, please, please make sure that you send it through. Um, and yeah, that's all. All the information that I talked about in this episode will be featured in the description. So please take a look at that if anything sounded interesting to you. Um, thank you for listening to the Black and Blooming podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow the show and leave a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave reviews on certain podcast platforms. And you can keep up with the podcast by following me on Instagram at Black and Blooming Pod. Don't forget to share the podcast with friends and family. And thank you for listening.